Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz interview series with acclaimed bassist, bandleader, performer, music educator, and composer, along with being an actor, Mr. Ben Williams. Over the course of our conversation, he delved into a very busy schedule that is establishing him as one of the finest young artists in the world of jazz these days. He discussed a role he had in his film debut with Don Cheadle in Miles Ahead. His latest 2015 sophomore release, Coming of Age, performing the song Happy with Pharrell Williams and Herbie Hancock at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, along with the host of heavy jazz cats he's performed with over the years, like Wynton Marsalis, George Benson, Pat Metheny, which he won a Grammy with, Benny Golson, and many others. He's got a lot to say and a huge amount of future ahead of him, so please dig this interview, my friends. Good morning, Ben. Hi, good morning. Hey, thank you for taking a little time to talk with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm just going to dive right in here. I know you've got a lot going on lately with albums, film projects, so I want to just ask generically, what has been going on with you lately? Well, uh, you know, I'm just uh, coming right off of this uh, this new release. You know, we're basically just trying to uh, get the band on the road as much as we can. You know, got a, a few shows coming up. Uh, we, we got a couple of shows in New York. Uh, we're doing this brand new festival in Brooklyn next month in October. We're gonna do that. Uh, Dizzy's um, next month as well. Taking the band back out to Europe in November. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you about your sophomore release, Coming of Age. Talk to me a little bit about the creative energy that went into this. Kind of the follow up from your initial release. Just kind of your general thoughts on this album. Well, you know, for me, this was, uh, you know, it was definitely a, a lot of growth that happened in between. You know, I think anyone's first album, you know, is it's really just, you know, you, you're just kind of getting your bearings. It's kind of really discovering, learning the ropes as you go, you know, the whole recording process and, you know, writing the music and, you know, just trying to pull it all together. So, you know, once you've kind of been through that once, you know, it's really, you know, you really just kind of hone in to whatever it is that you feel it, it's is, is you as, as an artist. Just the kind of mere fact of, you know, having that platform available, you know, to just, to, you know, to be able to record and to be able to write. You know, I, I, I had a working band. You know, we had been touring over the last few years. Um, so kind of developing that chemistry with the with the other guys in the band. Um kind of having them as a vehicle for my compositions. So, um, yeah, basically, you know, just kind of really digging into the um, the process of band leading a little more. And, you know, I think this is the, this is, that, that was, this was the outcome. So I'm going to segue just a little bit from the music, the film. You just wrapped up uh, with Don Cheadle, the, the movie Miles Ahead about Mr. Miles Davis. Talk to me a yeah. little bit about how you landed this role, what that was like, the kind of homage you paid to the artistry of Miles. Yeah, what's a um it's it's a pretty quick scene. Um uh, I'm actually playing bass um uh, behind Miles or behind Don Cheeto as Miles Davis and um in in a one in this one scene that's a sort of a flashback to his fifties period. And um you know, we're all kind of dressed up like as as they would be in fifties. So, um um yeah, I well, I got this role actually through um through a friend of mine, an old friend of mine from high school, who um who um 
knew the person that was doing the casting and um kind of recommended me for the for the gig and um you know I, I sent them sent them all my info and you know just they uh they asked me to do it right on you know they uh, they they like to you know even even though I'm just kind of basically acting as a bass player you know they they of course like to have somebody who really who actually knows how to look authentic you know what do you think about Miles Davis as far as what he's done for jazz, his influence on you since you're kind of a part of this project? Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, for me, you know, he really, like, epitomizes the the, the true spirit of this music, that just idea of always looking forward. And um, single-handedly, you know, he's been a part of so many different um, movements in the music. You can't really think of another musician that's really – um, whose career has spanned so many different styles. And, um, you know, he's just, like, really, I think, you know, he's just the guy we all look up to just as a as a musician, you know, besides being a great horn player and a composer. Um, you know, just the way he, he, he thought about the music um, is something that we all uh, aspire to be. So before we move to the beginnings of your life in D.C., I want to just touch on one other thing that happened most recently. You uh, performed Happy with Pharrell Williams and Herbie Hancock at the uh, Dolby Theater. What was that like? Oh, that was fun. Man. That was, that was a, a blast. Herbie Hancock and, and Pharrell, who are I'm, I'm both a huge and uh, Vinny Caliuta was playing drums. Like a hit that, you know, I probably heard of at least a hundred thousand times last year. <laughs> and um yeah, you know, I'm such a huge fan of Pharrell of of really all his work, you know, and I have been for a long time. So it was just really a blast to play with him. And to see cool. him and Herbie kind of like connect, you know, it was really beautiful to see how they how they interacted. So let's go back to the eighties. You were raised in the eighties in D C. Talk to me a little bit about what it was like to get you to a point where you loved music and that was going to be a part of the fabric of your life today. Well, you know, I I don't think too many people realize like how how much of an artistic city DC is, um, and definitely was when I was growing up. Um, it's very a uh, very culturally rich town. There's a lot of uh, a lot of live music. You know, my, my family is is definitely very musical. You know, not and I say musical, not saying that you know there's a ton of musicians. You know, there were no other musicians necessarily in my household. But um there's always a deep love of music, um, throughout my family and um you know, so I think it was pretty natural that, you know, I I just kinda decided to pursue it further and just kinda take that love and learn really learn how to turn into a craft in my genes. Right on. So the you went to the Duke Ellington School of the Arts. How influential yeah. was that experience for you? Um, yeah, I mean that was definitely a, a, a very, a very pivotal point um, in my development. You know, it's fairly early in my de- um, my development as a musician, but you know, during those years for high school, that's kind of that point in a lot of people's lives where they, you know, they start to think about what they really want to do with their lives. And um, I think at that point, I had really already decided that um, you know I was going to be a musician, and I really just spent a lot of time playing music every day, you know, aside from just being a regular high school student and doing that stuff. You know, I was spending hours a day practicing or 
uh, rehearsing or performing. So, yeah, you know, I just got a lot of time, and um, it, it was great. You know, really, you know, a lot of my close friends to this day, you know, I made in high school, and we were we were all musicians, and, you know, it just kind of became, like, part of who I am, you know, at that point. So if you move from there to Michigan State University, get your BA, and then you get your master's at uh, the Juilliard School, talk to me a little bit about higher education, what that did for you to kind of mold you into the musician that you are today. At Michigan State, I had the opportunity to study with the great, the great bassist, Rodney Whitaker, who is and still has been a great mentor for me. And really just kind of took, you know, took my skills and really kind of shaped it and, and you know, kind of really just prepared me for the professional world. Um, you know, he, he was just a, a, a just great person to be around. You know, he's just very knowledgeable guy, um, you know, very caring, you know, definitely looked after after me and all of his students, you know, almost like we we were his children. So, you know, I kind of got that, you know, it wasn't just all about the music, which was, uh, you know, uh, the, the greatest lesson I got from him, you know, it was really just kind of developing yourself as a human being. And being a musician, it's just being part of that. And and Juilliard was was a great uh, was a great experience. Had a lot of great teachers there, you know. And just kind of being in New York and kind of getting that 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 street experience, just kind of being out and doing gigs, you know, and and also learning in the classroom as well. So I mean, I think generally speaking, higher education can be a great thing. You know, I think it's really. The the thing that's important is are the professors, you know, because they're 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 the ones kind of creating a the, the atmosphere for the students. I think that's kind of the tone they set for the program is is actually very important in the students' development. You know, the kind of things that they emphasize overall in the program and kind of what they deem is important to the music. Um, yeah, I think it can be really great, and it kind of develops a community with the students and, you know, um, you know, a lot of guys I, I went to school with, I still work with and we, you know, we're kind of all on the scene now. Realistically, the best classroom in the world is playing live. And at this point with your second release as a leader, uh, you played with Wynton Marsalis, George Benson, Benny Golson, Roy Hargrove, Terrence Blanchard, Stefan Harris, the list goes on. What has it been like to be around the, the magnitude of those performers and to learn from them and to be around that. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I try to learn from every every experience, every situation that I'm that I'm in. You know, really just really trying to be as observant as I can about how guys, you know, they're you know everybody kind of has their different idea of how the they think the music should go. You know, all those guys have really different ways of band leading. You know, it, it's just uh, you know I just try to soak it in and and, and play the music. To the, you know, I, I think the, the biggest lesson being around those guys is, you know, they just put so much into their music. Um, and it's like, it's, it's, it's really infectious, you know, just kind of, about, you know, when you're around somebody that's at such a high level, you know, you kind of, you aspire to, to be at that level and it, it makes you grow as a, as a musician. So at this point right now in your music career, you know, there was a quote by Miles Davis that said, it took me years and years to find my inner voice. What do you believe your inner voice is when you perform? I think it's something that you you find, you know, once you kind of get out of your own way. You know, I think it's always there. You know, it's just kind of a matter of uncovering it. You know, just kind of getting past your 
inhibitions and your your fears and it's 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 always right there you know i think kind of once you feel like you get to a point where you you're not really thinking about anything else other than expressing expressing yourself and 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 how you feel and i think you just kind of know when you get there or you know when you're getting there cuz i think it's it is an ongoing process i think other people here too you know you know when when you find your inner voice you just you know you kind of you get this ability to communicate very clearly. You know, you just start to, you know, this might sound weird, but you just start to sound like you. Yeah. You know, when you start to hear certain things, like, oh, wait, that kind of sounds like something I would do, right? Let me segue back into the teaching aspect. You've been taught by great teachers over the years. Who would you say taught you the most about playing music and even being a human being? Well, you know, I would say my the, the greatest teacher I've, I've ever had was, was my high school bass teacher. Most people in the world wouldn't recognize her name, but uh, her this this lady named Karen Kellogg. She was about five feet tall, and um, she was without a doubt the greatest teacher I've ever had. And um, you know, I still think about her every day. Every time I take up the bass, I think about her. Um, and and what she taught me was really how to learn. You know, that it's like that old adage, you know, you you, you just might fish and, you know, they'll eat for a day or you teach them how to fish, they'll eat for the rest of their lives. And she was the one who taught me how to fish. She's like all the, just it's just the, the fundamentals of like practicing, and, you know, learning something and kind of tackling obstacles. You know, that was, those are the kind of things that I learned from her. And it's really carried me throughout my life. We've, we've, covered the landscape of a lot of artists that you played with, which the world would consider jazz heroes. Who would you consider your jazz heroes, your biggest influences of your life? Well, you know, I always kind of come back to, you know, somebody who I always kind of truly aspire to be. And, I, you know, for me, he's like a living, almost like a living God, um, Wayne Shorter. Yeah. Um, I think his whole just his whole approach to music is just so it's so beautiful. It's, it's, it's mystical, but it's so transparent at the same time. Um, just the way he writes, you know, it always kind of it always connects. It always makes sense, um, no matter how complex or how involved it is. Um, it always kind of speaks to something very like cosmic, something very natural. Yeah, just as an artist, you know, he's some he's somebody I've, I've I've always looked up to. Let me ask you this: We've already kind of gone. You've gone back in time on a movie set to play behind Miles back in the day. If you personally could go back in time and see any show live, would it be Miles? Who would you want to go see perform live, and where would you go? I don't know. I think it, it would be between it would be between Train, Jimi Hendrix, or. James Brown. Let me ask you this. You've already won a Grammy. You won it with Pat Metheny and the Unity Band. What was it like to get that kind of award? What kind of validation? How did it feel? Oh, it was it was amazing. It was it was pretty surreal, actually. You know, that's kind of just one of those things you always dream about as a kid, you know, that you'd be there one day and you know, be able to walk up on that stage and, and get one and for it to actually happen, you know, kinda of so early in my career. Yeah, it was just pretty surreal. It just didn't. It was, it was like a dream, man. Shout out to to Pat, man. He's for 
really just giving me that opportunity to, to be part of something so great. So, you know, I owe all of that to him. What's the greatest thing about waking up every day? The greatest thing about waking up every day is waking up every day. Let's say we hook up in 10 years and we talk. My very first question to you is, What's been going on lately? What are you gonna What are you gonna look forward to telling me about? Well, we uh, we actually have uh, I got a couple of cool things that are I'm gonna be releasing soon. Um, we're actually doing some videos for a few of the songs on my album. Um, we're actually going to release the first one I believe next week, and uh, we have a couple more videos that we're gonna release over the next following months. I have a, my brother's a videographer, uh, a, a great videographer, so we've been working together, putting together some um, some videos for um, for the tune to my album. I've, I've started to think more conceptually about some of my music now, and, you know, there's a lot of imagery that goes with the, you know, with a lot of the, my music. I, I think doing a video is what would just kind of really kind of help express that a little more. So uh, definitely looking forward to doing some of that stuff. Uh, Let me ask you this. Why do you love jazz? It allows me to be me, you know. Um, It's it's just like a big, it's like a big house I can just kind of run around in. Uh, You know, I never really feel restricted. All the freedom that I need is is, is there. I have a lot of ideas a lot of times, and I, I need to be free enough to to express all those things. So jazz, the the music, you know, because I think there's a difference between sort of jazz the word and jazz the music, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, the because I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about jazz and kind of these preconceived notions about what jazz should be to a lot of people, you know, which is it's fine, you know, it's, it's personal taste, but I think that the true spirit of the music is about, you know, it being, you know, finding yourself within the music so yeah and you're doing that hey ben thank you for taking some time to open up with me i really appreciate it oh thank you thanks for having me thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another neon jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in new york kansas city la and spots all over america giving fans all that jazz and thanks to ben for his vision music and being a force in the world of jazz these days if you want to hear more interviews go to famous interviews with joe Demi on the iTunes store or visit the neonjazz.blogspot.com for all things neon jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.